Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now, everybody say now, it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now, right now. I want to talk to you tonight on this thought. Right now, the victory is closer than you think. Right now, your deliverance is closer than you think. Right now, your healing is closer than you think. Right now, your joy is closer than you think. Right now, your peace is closer than you think. Come on and give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. I want you to find three people or four and just shake their hand and tell them right now. Right, right, right now. Right now. Amen. Praise him today. There are some things in living for God that fall under the category of seemingly unreachable. We pray for them and they don't happen. We grab for them and they seem to be a million miles away. I'm talking about things that you, you strive for and it feels like, well, just a breeze as they slip out of your hand. They are elusive blessings. Seem to be fleeting gone right in front of us there are opportunities that are missed a cheap plot of ground that gets sold out from under us or ability going to buy that car man that's the right car that's the god car that's the one that god has for us and and it's sold someone else gets it before us moments tend to disappear and opportunities melt away before our eyes and and there are issues that come and rise up, and then there's battles and there's tests that come before us. Amen. I can remember as a young man, I had a, a, a goal and I had a dream of being a, 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 a professional basketball player. Now, it was a fleeting goal, but it was a goal. Hey, you can do anything you want, they tell you. Well, I can't dunk a basketball. Reality is there are things that we, we seemingly never get to do. We, there are places that we never get to go. There are things that we are never going to ever own because they're out of our reach. Just beyond our budget. Beyond our ability. Beyond our knowledge. Beyond our talent. Beyond uh, 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 where we live. Amen. And, and it, sometimes it feels like the, the categories of the blessings of God are in that same thing. Unfeasible, unachievable, unattainable. 
inaccessible. Amen. You can't reach it and grab it. They're all ungettable, it seems like. At times, God can feel a million miles away. Can anybody say amen to that? The blessings can feel a million miles away. The answer to your problem can feel so far. The miracle can seem like it'll never happen. Amen. It seems to be that, that you just can't get it. And then life throws you all kinds of problems and heartaches. And that's the story I want to present to you today. A story of unspeakable uh, uh, devastation to a group of people that were a lot closer to their victory than they ever realized. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they seized it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dug's dumb uh, uh, for five pieces of silver. If you read this story, you will find that in the verses previous to this, the Syrians had sent them the, the, the bands and marauders and erratic attacks, and they attacked them here and attacked them there. It seemed as, as random as it could be. But this is no random attack of erratic marauders or band of marauders. This is a systematic siege. This is an intentional organized warfare. I want to tell you today, there can be times in your life you feel like things are, are coming at you so randomly. But when the enemy is putting an all-out attack, as the Syrians are, he seemingly gathers everything. Have you ever felt like everything's against you? Everything's not working out. Not just one thing would be okay if one thing was not going you know, all right. But it seems like Everything's a mess. Every situation. If your finances were good, you'd be good. You put up with the other. If your finances were good, you were good. Uh, but then you got the finances, then you got the family, and you got relationships, and you got aunt and uncle, and you, you got cousin Ed, and you've got the kids, and you got the grandkids, and you've got the house. Ain't bad. And then you got it, and you got it. Uh, everything. What are you going to do? It goes from bad to worse. It is possible that the enemy can make it a part of our attack. Some of it may be life. Some of it may be issues. But it's bad. Josephus said that the king Jeroboam did not feel himself a match for the king of Syria. So he just simply closed the walls. Shut up the walls and said we'll wait it out. But what he didn't realize is that Walmart didn't have the truck show up for a few weeks. What he didn't realize is that the grocery store, J.C., shelves were empty. What he didn't realize is that it, they were being put into a place where they were so hungry that a Hebrew was so desperate and so dire to eat that not only did it cost him a lot to eat a donkey's head, but they were eating what was unclean, what was not supposed to be eaten. Amen. And so they were beginning to partake of things that they never thought they would be. Desperation. 
do things they never thought they would do, act in ways they never thought they would act. And desperation comes. Come to church and can't feel God. Come to church and hear the message and he seems to be a million miles away where you say, if I could just have some dove dung. How hungry do you have to be? How hungry do you have to be to eat dove's dung? And if you look down a little bit further, the king is walking on top of the wall and he's checking out the situation and somebody says, oh, would you help me, king? And he said, well, why don't you ask God to help you? I can't help you. Why don't you ask God to help you? I can't help you. It got so desperate in that place where God feels, uh, felt like a million miles away. The voice of the Lord seems to be as quiet as the grocery store shelves. Seems to be as quiet as your bank account. Mm, I'm preaching to somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We find in Psalm 30 and 7 it says, Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. Lord, where are you? I got a mountain. I've got a problem, and it seems like it's not going away. And God, you have hid your face from me. I pray, and it feels like brass. I pray, and it feels like the heavens are brass. I pray, and it feels like I can't. I'm searching for you, and I can't find you. He also said in 89 and 46, how long? long Lord how long will you hide yourself for uh, hide thyself forever oh God I've come to tell you today you may feel like that you're in the moment of great despair but your victory is a lot closer than you realize the woman that complained to the king and asked for help we pick up the reading in verse 28. The king said unto her, What aileth thee? What I mean, you're eating donkey head and doves dung. What aileth you? That's a crazy question. What's wrong with you? You've had this go wrong with you. You've had that go wrong with you. You've had that happen to you. You've had that issue. You've had that trial. You've had that. And somebody comes up and says, What's wrong with you? What would you want to do? I wouldn't want to just give him a nice kiss with my right hook. Well, you, but it was even deeper than that. And she said, this woman said unto me, give thy son that we may eat him today. Oh, my. And we will eat my son Tomorrow, let me, let's eat your son today, and we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son. Think about it. And did eat him, and I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him, and she hath hid her son. Wow. That's desperation. Donkey's head's bad enough. Dove's tongue's bad enough. Empty shell's bad enough. But now it's destroying my family. Now it's getting into my house, 
Now it's getting into my home. Now it's getting into my personal life. Now it's a personal thing with me. Amen. What are we going to do? Uh, uh, and the king rent his clothes as he passed upon the wall. And the people look and behold, he had sackcloth upon his flesh. And so the king is asking now, what shall we do? What are we going to do? This is bad. This is real bad. This is horrible. And this is what his response was. Then he said, God do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Sat, shall stand on him this day. I know what we're going to do. It's so bad. It's so desperate. We're going to kill the preacher. How bad does it have to be that you're eating donkey's heads, dove's dung, cannibalizing your own children, and then you're going to blame the preacher because it's his fault, it's the word's fault, it's God's fault, shaking their fist at the Lord. Amen. We're going to go after the preacher. Can I tell you what they didn't realize is that the preacher had the word for their victory. He had the word for their deliverance. He was about to tell them something so they'd realize they're a lot closer than they thought. 2 Kings 7 and verse number 1. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Somebody say the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. When I got a situation that's so bleak and so horrible, I need a fresh word from God. Amen. Elisha said, hear you the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, behold. Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Amen. We're eating donkey's head and dove's dung and and cannibalizing children and blaming the preacher. And you're telling me now that, that, that we're really closer to our victory. It doesn't look like it. We don't have a, a shipment can't get through. My answer can't get through. My prayer can't be, get through. But I want to tell you what Romans says in 10 and 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Somewhere in earshot to the word there had to be some men on the outside that heard the word. Amen. Somebody say, you got to have hearing faith. You've got to have hearing faith. You've got to have hearing faith. In Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. It was messed up, as it were, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You see, in the blackness of your trial, in the darkness of your circumstance, in your world without form and void, what you need is not another doctor's visit. What you need is not for somebody else to tell you, oh, this is their way out, or, or, or why don't you just give up, or why don't you just quit. What you need is the Spirit of God to move on you. What you need is a fresh Holy Ghost fire. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. There's some folks when they're eating donkey's head and dove's dung, the thing they want to do is quit worshiping. The thing they want to do is they want to quit attending church. The thing they want to do is they want to give up on God. But if you hear the word of the Lord, you're a lot closer to your victory than you believe. It feels a million miles away. It feels like I'll never get there. But I'm here to tell somebody tonight, right now, Right now, right now. The word of the Lord comes. The word of the Lord comes. Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Not the word of the preacher, not the word of some artist, but the Holy Ghost moving and the word of God speaking. The fact is, that's your answer. Holy Ghost moving, word of God speaking. Holy Ghost moving, word of God speaking. Here's the statement. Tomorrow, about this time. Whoo! <laughs> Tomorrow, about this time. Your victory is going to show up. What he was saying is that when God begins to tell you something, you've got to realize that your victory is a lot closer then you think, don't kill the word. Don't kill the preacher. Don't kill the word. It's your way out. Don't stop reaching for the word. It is your way out. In verse 3, we pick up the story, 2 Kings 7. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. They said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we'll die also. Stay in your condition, you'll die. Stay in where you are, you'll die. Well, backwards, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. He says, and they. They're talking among themselves, and now therefore, come. Let us fall under the host of the Syrians. If they save us, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall die. Here's the thing. They thought they're going to die anyway. Why not try something by faith? I've watched people that are fighting for their families and fighting to keep everything above board and this kicking and pawing through the waters of deep desperation, amen, and the enemy is saying give up and quit and throw the towel in the ring, and that's the easiest thing to simply just say, we'll just sit here and die, amen, but I'm telling somebody, why die when you are this close, when you are right near your victory, right near your answer, right near what God has for you, amen, you might just be one hallelujah away from breaking through, you might be just one lifting up of your hand away from breaking through, you might be quoting one strict scripture away from breaking through, the thing is that it's right now. Your faith has got to be engaged right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, therefore, come. Let's go. Let's go. And they rose up in the twilight to go 
under the camp of the Syrians. And when they come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord, hear this now, had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. My dad used to preach this, and he would say, what God did is he put heaven's microphone to uh, four leprous men's feet. Some may have been stubs. Some may have been limping. Amen. But he took uh, four men and he put heaven's microphone to their feet, uh, plugged it into heaven's amplifier and multiplier, and it may begin to hear what was just four leprous men barely walking. What they begin to hear was this is a host coming against us. Uh, I want to tell you, your faith moving has got to go from faith hearing to faith moving. You got to go from I hear the word to now I'm going to walk in the word. I'm going to trust what God says. I'm going to believe what it may be one step at a time. Who knows but if God will not just simply turn up the amplifier of your faith so that hell thinks they're going to die. They're going to lose and they will if you walk. If you walk. In your faith. Somebody praise the Lord in this place. Somebody praise the Lord in this place. Hell would like nothing more for you to sit in your donkey eating, dove dung sipping state and let you die. Hell likes that. Hell wants you to throw a pity party. Hell wants you to talk about how bad it is. Can't quit talking about how bad it is and how horrible it is. Amen. So here's what I'm going to do. I hear the word that the Lord said, tomorrow about this time we're going to have revival. Tomorrow about this time we're going to have our victory. So just by chance, why don't I just take a step and see what God will do? Why don't I just take a chance and, and, and just one step at a time? How about if I decide I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray in the morning like I've never prayed before? How about if I believe the Lord and I, I'm going to be as faithful as I can to him and love him and I'm going to stop speaking dove dung junk and start speaking truth and speaking the word. If there be any good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, if there be any glory, let's talk about it. There's still revival. There's still miracle signs and wonders. Our God's not dead. He's still alive. I said our God's not dead. He's still alive. Hallelujah, Pastor Heine told a story. The pastor we went to in Ohio told a story about a, a, a Sunday or so ago. He was preaching, and they have an online service as well, and he's preaching about 
uh, people that feel like they're a castaway. And he said he just stopped and pointed his finger at the camera. He said, I'm talking to somebody tonight uh, that feels like they're a castaway and they need the Lord. Nobody, there was no movement in the service. Nobody would say, oh, yeah, that's me. No, no. But on Monday at the church, a lady shows up and walks in the front door, walks down the altar, down to the front altar and said, you were preaching to me. That is me. And she prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. What is it? Somebody had to say, I'm getting up off the couch. I'm going to go get in the car. I'm going to turn it on, and I'm going to make my way to my victory. Somebody here in this place needs to understand you're closer to what God has for you than you could ever imagine. In the name of Jesus. Faith has got to do more than just be faith that you believe that has been received by the word of God. It must be demonstrated, put to action. James 2.17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So it's not enough just simply to name it, grab it, blab it. You got to move it. Can I say again, it's not enough to name it, grab it, and blab it. You got to move it. Mm. You got to move it. Faith without works is dead, being alone. Verse 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show you my faith by my movement, by my works, by my works. Jesus put it like this. Matthew 7 and 7, he said, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Don't get stuck in ask mode. Don't get stuck and just simply say, Oh, help me, bless me, Jesus, touch me, get me out of this. Lord, move me out of this. Ask, 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 ask. Help me, help me, Lord. When the Lord said, well, if you'll just go to the next step, it's seeking. Now to seek, you got to move. Seek, you got to take some action. You have to take a step. And then he says, then you go to knocking. That means you're right there at it. If somebody would cer certainly take a word of faith today and say, I'm going to seek because I'm going, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm right at it. I'll knock on that door and get what I need from God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A friend of our family's posted a picture of my dad and me and my brother Keith. I was just a little small boy. But I looked at my brother Keith. My brother Keith is the one that, uh, when he was 14 years old, died, drowned in the Calcasieu River in south uh, Louisiana, southwest uh, Louisiana. And the Lord brought him back to life, saw him. He was dead for an hour and a half, saw it with my own eyes, and God brought him back to life. But that isn't the only time. I remember the story. My, my brother 
Before I was born, he was suffering so bad, laying in the hospital bed, said he's not going to make it through the night. He's not going to make it through the night. His fever was was going so high, they iced him down and couldn't stop it. And my dad stood all night long in the hospital doorway. What are you doing? Get some rest. No, he stood all night long, and he said, I prayed all night long. Death angel, you're not welcome here. Death angel, you cannot come in this room. Death angel, you're not welcome here. And he prayed all night room all night long standing what somebody's got to take their faith and do something about it somebody's got to take their faith amen and say I'm going to step out even though it doesn't make sense I'm going to step out by God I'll put up the umbrella and I'll go ahead and get I'll get connected to a painting business that doesn't look like that's crazy no you take a step of faith believe God Praise God. So you go from receiving faith or having a hearing faith to moving faith. The Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired these other kings. God turns up and amplifies your faith. Whatever you're willing to step out for God, he'll take it to the next level for you. He'll amplify it. He'll magnify it. But he's looking for us to move. Not mummified, moveified. Thank you. That was my George Bush impersonation. Some of y'all catch that in a little bit. But the men who were less leprous reached the edge of the camp. They entered in one of the tents and they saw everything was already prepared. A meal was fixed. So they began to eat. Found some gold, found some silver and took it and hid it. And they said, you know what? We're really not doing right here. The city is in famine. Let's go report this to the royal palace. So they went and called the city gatekeepers and told them the story. This is what happened. And the gatekeeper shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. The king is awakened in the night and says, this is a trick. The enemy has done this. They know we're starving. So let's go send spies out first to make sure that this is not a trick. The devil will want you to feel like that what God's doing in the little things is a trick. It's not a trick. So they took, found some horses. I wonder what those horses look like. You know, I, I, I've said this before. There is a, uh, a steakhouse, I know down through the south, and it's got this scrawny looking steer as their logo. It's a, I wish I could remember the name of the steakhouse, but it is a pitifully, I'm thinking, what in the world? I don't want to go eat at a place that's serving cow. looks like the, but I can see these skinny, scrawny horses. And they're barely walking. They're going out and, well, it's, it's going to be bad news. I just know it. It's going to be awful news. I just know it. I wonder what they thought when they saw the first whiff that the enemy was gone. Are they caught the first smell? 
of something besides dove's dung and horse's head. Hallelujah. What it was is that they were living in such desperation, but their victory was just closer than they thought. It's closer than they thought. You know what happened? I'm just I'm not going to read the text. I'm going to just tell the story. So they showed them all this stuff, showed them everything, and they took the pile of things back to the city. And the guy that says it'll never happen gets trampled by hungry people. And he sees it, but he doesn't partake of it. Be careful when you say that'll never happen. I don't see how that's going to happen. That God just can't do that. Yes, he can. I, I know he does in ways that we don't understand. We pray for things and it doesn't work like we think it ought to work. And, 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 but let me just tell you this. He's still God. He is still in control. And he still knows his people's needs. He has, the Bible said, knowledge of what we need even before we ask it. But what he's going to respond to is somebody moving by faith. Somebody stepping out and saying, I believe God. You're closer than you think. You're closer. No wonder Paul would say, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. No wonder Peter began to say, I don't understand it, but I'm casting my net on the other side. There was no fish on this side, but Jesus said, cast your net on the right side. I'm not a big fisherman. I like to be a big catcherman. But I don't know much about fishing, but it doesn't make sense if you're in a boat and there's no fish over here and there's more fish than you can handle over here. But it does make sense if the Lord says that's where they are. Amen. That's where you need to go. Hallelujah. It's just on the right side. It's just a, just a step or two over here. What is he saying? You're a lot closer than you think. You're a lot closer than you think. Mark chapter 12 is an interesting passage of Scripture. In verse 34, it says, When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, speaking about the man asking the question, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from the kingdom of God. You're closer than you think. Your answer's closer than you think. You're closer to the word than you realize. You're closer to your miracle than you realize. You're closer to your victory than you realize. The difference is faith. Faith. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith, now faith. Hmm, that'll preach by itself. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that Diligently seek him. You read through Hebrews 11 and it'll tell you, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Abel offered. He did. He did. By faith, Enoch was translated because he pleased God. He pleased God by faith and God took him. 
By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham journeyed. By faith, he offered Isaac. By faith, amen, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave them commandment, I don't want you to bury me here. I want you to bury me in a coffin that's mobile. I'm going back to the promise. I'm going to believe that even after I die, God's still going to work. I'm going to believe even after I'm gone. So don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for your grandkids. Don't stop praying for them. Amen. It just might be that you're in the coffin and even gone on. But God can move by faith. By faith. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter by faith. By faith, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Amen. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of Pharaoh the king. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. Amen. Lest he be that lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea by dry land. Hallelujah. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Amen. As they marched around. It looks, looks horrible, looks bad, looks impossible. I'm going to stay home. It's not going to work to march around it. I'm sure somebody had that thought. You want me to worship even when I feel like this? Have we become so accustomed to praise when it feels good that we forgot that if we praise, we're a lot closer to our miracle? Amen. It just might mean you got to march around a little bit. It might just, might just be that, that, but I don't want to come up one time short and say fooey with this. Amen. But I want to say here I march again. I'll keep marching until I get the signal to shout, and then I'm going to shout because I know somewhere up ahead is my victory. Somewhere up ahead is my victory. Praise God. I'm here to tell somebody today, you're a lot closer than you think. By faith, the heart at Rahab perished not when she saved and believed the spies and put the scarlet rope in her window. What are you doing, Rahab? What are you doing? I don't understand it, but they said if I do this, I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to believe them. <laughs> Lord, you said do what? I, I, I don't understand it, but I'm going to believe it anyway. By faith, Gideon won the victory with 300 men and torches and trumpets. By faith, David slew a giant when everybody was running. Hallelujah. Let me read a little bit more from this chapter because this is how you and I are going to overcome. It says in verse 33, Hebrews 11, through faith, they subdued nations or kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouth of lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight. Amen. Turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead race to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of mock, cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonments. Oh, wait a second. 
I want to go back to that deliverance stuff. It takes just as much faith to get you delivered than it does to keep you preserved. Let me say it again. It takes as much faith to get you delivered than it does to keep you preserved. Uh, amen. They were, verse 37, they were stoned. They were sawed asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Hallelujah. Of whom the world was not worthy. Not worthy. Not worthy. They didn't dress with the latest attire. They weren't wearing a, a designer label. They weren't living in a designer house. But the world is not worthy. Let me tell you of everyone hearing me, if you're watching me online, if you're going to listen to the podcast, if you've got faith, if you've got faith to believe, your victory is a lot closer than what you think. Right now, if somebody would simply say, I'm going to keep on trusting and I'm going to keep moving one foot at a time, one step at a time. I can't remember the group, but there was a group who used to travel through our churches years ago and sing a song. Sit there on your pew if you want to. Anybody remember that? I see one hand. Is there anybody else that remember? Yeah, I knew. I knew you remember that. We could have said to the four leprous men, just sit there on your rock if you want to. Everybody else is going to perish if you don't, if you do. Your victory will impact somebody else. Somebody else is going to see you stepping out by faith, believing God, trusting God. Stand with me, please. Through faith, by faith. Now, they did all that, according to Scripture, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't have the Holy Ghost as you and I have, the power of God today. Yet, they swallowed swords, dealt with all kinds of issues, subdued kingdoms without the Holy Ghost. How about you that has got the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost? What is it for us? Paul continues over into chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore? Now he starts talking to you and he's talking to me. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us and let us run, let us move with patience, with endurance the race that is set before us doing what? Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Somebody needs to take some crazy praise right now. Amen. Some crazy faith that doesn't make sense. Crazy faith that doesn't make sense. And say, I'm going to step out because I believe I'm a lot closer. Amen. That I even think God is near right now. Right now. Right now. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.